Radio. I'm Henry Payne, Auto And good to have you guys uh, on the program here for the next two hours today for the best uh, car radio program in Michigan. Uh, got a great lineup for you. We're going to be talking to Chris Benjamin, uh, who's the uh, VP for Interior Design of Stellantis. Uh, they uh, shocked the world this week uh, with a beautiful new Ram EV truck out in Las Vegas. We'll be talking to Stephen Cole Smith uh, about uh, more bombshell news uh, out of Detroit that Cadillac is going Formula One racing, teaming up with Team Andretti in Indianapolis. Uh, that's very exciting. And uh, also talking with Matt, Matt Anderson uh, on a sadder note about Ken Block, um, uh, a favorite of all of us uh, in the motorhead world. Uh, Ken Block uh, passed all too soon. Uh, this week uh, in a snowmobile accident, but we, we're going to uh, reminisce a little bit with Matt, who's a historian at Henry Ford, and talk about uh, what a great career Ken Block uh, had. As always, uh, you can reach us here at 313-778-7600, uh, 910AM Superstation, if you want to join uh, the conversation. And uh, you can find us uh, elsewhere uh, on Facebook, um, uh, iHeartRadio. And, of course, of course, if you miss the program uh, here on Saturday, uh, we go to podcast on Monday, so you can find us at all your uh, favorite podcast uh, stations. It's a little, little wintry outside, um, but uh, not too bad. But I, but I think uh, Chris Benjamin had a, a little sunnier week this week. He was down in Las Vegas uh, unveiling a new truck. Chris, how are you? Not only the weather, but uh, also just all of the feedback from the truck. And, um, you know, it's really a, a pleasure and a joy to be able to be here and uh, to share it with everyone. Yeah, so, so Chris, uh, tell, us, uh, tell us why CES. Um, it's not a, not a typical uh, uh, auto uh, show like you see here in Detroit or in New York, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, uh, why did you guys uh, drop this uh, new Ram at, uh, at the Consumer Electronics Show? Well, it was part of our um, larger strategy as Stellantis. Um, that's the beauty about, you know, working for this company. We have so many um, beautiful brands, and we're able to, as a company, um, develop global strategies and then deploy those in different ways with different flavors um, with our different brands. So when our CEO, Carlos Tavares, did the uh, keynote speech, um, of course, he invited Mike Koval up on stage, and as part of that um, keynote speech where we talked in general about um, the future of technology and how we plan to deploy different technologies to, to help better the lives of our customers, um, Mike Koval was then able to introduce the RAM uh, revolution, the EV concept, and um, share that with everyone and explain how um, as, as the RAM brand, we are um, definitely looking towards the future thinking about um, where we are going as a brand um, as part of the Stellantis lineup and, um, you know, how we can continue to um, use technology to make our vehicles better, to offer more to our customers, and, you know, to be sustainable. Yeah, it must be fascinating for you uh, as an interior designer. I mean, interiors and cars have changed so much because of consumer 
Electronics. I, I've I've been driving a, a Tesla Model Three for the last four years, and I tell people mm-hmm. it's it's like driving a a smartphone on wheels. I mean, the the interior is uh, is is very electronics oriented, and uh, and for you as an interior designer, I mean, uh, you're you you and I uh, love to talk uh, about all things automotive, and I and I know you guys. Uh, uh, do do some really exquisite stuff in terms of materials and design and the interior, but that space has really been transformed by electronics, hasn't it? No, it has indeed. Um, you know, for me, I've always um, taken a different approach to that. You know, where technology is an essential part of what we do, and it it must be integrated beautifully um, in our interiors, but. For me, the tech shouldn't be um, the only story to the interior. You know, uh, as, as say architecture develops, um, interior design in buildings, you know, you start to see a lot of um, things happening with lighting and textures and, and materials. Um, that's what you know sort of brings, I would say, soul to to the space that you're in. So, technology is is important. Obviously, we have those dual 14-inch screens in there in the center um, of the RAM. And, you know, with the reconfigurability, we know that we can meet all of our customers' needs because you can have um, the screens, you know, almost in a full portrait mode um, with the two of them lined up. You can have the, the lower one uh, retracted um, probably, I'd say, 70% of the way. Um, or you can remove the lower one and, and use it in other parts of the vehicle. So, um, we definitely thought about that part of the technology, and of course, even using you know cameras and screens instead of uh, rear view mirrors, um, stuff like that. So even taking it one step further. Um, but what we usually always do um, is integrate the tech beautifully, and in the RAM concept, we had it more of a portrait style. Um, but it is supported. You know, when you look at the interior, you can see that the lower screen is supported by the console, so it looks like it is meant to be in a space that sort of flows um, between the angle of the console and the angle of the instrument panel. So really just making it not feel like a, like an afterthought, but rather um, a piece of technology that's useful, um, that's versatile, um, but looks like it's meant to be there. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a spectacular looking truck. Uh, uh, give us, give us, uh, folks, a little overview. I mean, uh, uh, beginning with the fact that this is on a, an all new platform. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys are uh, got an eight hundred volt platform battery all underneath the the, the truck. Uh, so, so you're putting the top hat on on top of a uh, uh, of a battery platform, which is a very different approach from having a an engine up front. Uh, just kind of kind of take us through the truck and how you guys uh, design something all new like this. Sure. Um, yeah, the platform, the Stella Frame platform, is a huge enabler to um, really open up the space and give us um, something unique. You know, we thought about. Um, the creation of a new truck and that the functionality in a RAM is is at the top of the list. You know, we have to make sure we offer those features and that function that that the customers need to not only um, carry out their everyday tasks, but even do things they maybe uh, wouldn't have thought they were doing um, on a one-off occasion. But you know, the fact that the the, the truck is is a tool that's always there, ready for you. So. 
um, we were able to do this, what we call um, one space, where um, the front, the cabin, and the tailgate, or the, the bed in the back, were all connected. Um, so if you drop the, uh, the mid-gate and you open, we have a sort of trap door that leads to the front. Um, you can actually slide material in, you know, two-by-fours that are up to 18 feet long all the way through, um, through the console, through the trap door, into the front, and close the tailgate. Um, so it really gives you a huge, huge amount of flexibility. And, you know, in addition to that, um, with the flexibility of the mid-gate, you can fold down, you know, any of the seats. You can have, let's say, for example, you wanted to put a canoe in there. You could fold down the two passenger uh, side seats, put a canoe on there. And because we have this structural element on the back of the seats, um, those double as tie-downs when you have, you know, objects in the car. So really allowing the space to be flexible um, and then having the tracks that slide um, that, that run the full length of, of the cabin so you can reconfigure the seats, um, move them fore aft, and then that allowed us also to introduce uh, a third row of seats, um, which is definitely unique in a pickup truck, but we have that uh, jump seat back there that's connected to the mid-gate. And so if you slide the, the second row seats a little further forward, you can drop the uh, jump seats down and allow for even more uh, people to join in front. So it's it's really a, a beautifully flexible space. Yeah, it's really it's um, really cool. I mean, you're, and, yeah, and you guys are really yeah look, uh, taking this uh, uh, design comprehensively and 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 you know without an engine up front, yeah, you got this whole space to play with. I I, I, I first saw that uh, concept, you know, where you could you could go bumper to bumper with. Uh, as, as you say, uh, a uh, you know a long piece of board, in in the Bollinger trucks, and of course Bollinger went a different direction. They went they've gone t- entirely commercial, and uh, mm-hmm. so, so you guys are you guys are doing a similar concept in the in the uh, in the retail space. I mean, I that that's got to be a really cool selling point. Is and and do you feel like that's something that'll that'll come to production uh, easily? I mean, I won't say easily, but. <laughs> You know, all, all of those kinds of innovations. I mean, and that's why we did the concept, you know. It, it really does allow us to showcase um, innovations and ideas that we are thinking about and planning for production. Um, but it allows us to, to share it with the world um, ahead of time and, and say, hey, guys, you know, we're serious about this. These are things that we know our customers will value, the, the added space, the added functionality, um, you know, really, truly built to serve and, and uh, being a, a, a vehicle that's also, you know, a Swiss, a Swiss Army knife and, and has the ability to change to your needs on that particular day. There, there's uh, some other uh, kind of uh, really sexy uh, uh, electronics features on this, Chris. I, I, one of them is a shadow mode. Do I have that correct? Describe that for yep. folks. Um, shadow mode uses the uh, sensors on the vehicle and the cameras on the front end um, to allow the vehicle to actually follow you. Um, <laughs> so if you're uh, on a job site or you are, you know, say on the ranch, whatever the case may be, and you need to be outside the truck but you uh, would like it to not be sitting still but you, you need it to be keeping up with you, um, it can do that as well in autonomous mode. 
Have you uh, have you tried that out? Uh, what's that like? It, it, it feels a little eerie. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it isn't any different than if you uh, get out of your vehicle and you do the self park thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's from a from a feeling perspective. I think it's similar to that. Um, no, I think uh, I think if you did it, you'd, you'd think, "Wow, it was really cool." Because <laughs> I can I can walk over here, and then I don't need to walk back to the truck, hop in, pull it a little forward, hop out again. So, really useful, uh, useful feature. Yeah, yeah, that really uh, sounds awesome. And yeah, like you say, we're we're all getting used to. Uh, uh, the idea of summon modes with EVs or self-parking. So, uh, yeah, yeah on, on, a, on a work site, for example, that sounds like a, a really cool feature. You, you and I are both uh, big guys. Uh, we never have uh, trouble fitting into uh, uh, trucks. Uh, so I, I know that's not going to be an issue in the interior with this. What, what, uh, what sort of reception did you get from uh, people in CES? You know, everyone that I spoke to um, – had very very positive things to say. I think the world was anticipating um, something from us. I, I think it was a surprise, you know, the way it was actually executed. I think we surprised a lot of people um, with that. But you know, I think there's just a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement around uh, an electric ram. We know that you know electrification is becoming more and more of a uh, uh, part of our industry. And, um, you know, the RAM making that step is, is a huge thing for us, I think, for the industry as well. And I think the anticipation just, you know, gave us back tons and tons of positivity. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, you guys uh, really took pickups to a different level with the last generation uh, with interiors uh, that people had never never seen before, big screens and uh, and materials. So I know everybody's excited about uh, seeing this car come to market, model year 2024, I believe. Uh, uh, Chris Benjamin, thanks for thanks for joining us today. I know it's been a long week for you out there in Las Vegas, but really appreciate really appreciate your calling in. For sure, Henry. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, what a great week. It was long, but well worth it. Yeah, look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, looking forward to it too. All right, we're going to take a break here on 910 AM, hear from our sponsors. And on the other side, we're going to be talking about Andretti Cadillac. That's a name you're going to be hearing a lot about, a new Formula One team coming out of Detroit here on 910 AM. Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference, and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh foods. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside of Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. 
Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 100 spots for $600 with a must-air-within-30-day policy, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Mike Z at 248-357-4566 or email at M-I-K-E-Z at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. 63. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesdays, Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. All right, welcome back into Car Radio, 9:10 a.m. Uh, Superstation, and uh, switch gears here from electric trucks to uh, Formula One racing. Uh, we got a bombshell this week from General Motors and Andretti uh, Global uh, Autosport team out in Indianapolis that they have hooked up to apply, this is not firm yet, but they're applying to race in Formula One, the uh, premier open-wheel motorsport in the world. And uh, we're, we're joined by Stephen Cole-Smith, who knows a thing or two about auto racing. He is the race writer for Haggerty. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, Henry. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Were you, uh, were you as shocked as the rest of us by this announcement from Andretti Cadillac? I was pretty stunned by it, yeah. Um, I was not surprised that Michael Andretti was able to get a partner, but, you know, he's never worked with Cadillac before. He's worked with GM. He's the one that brought uh, GM back to IndyCar with Chevrolet and then promptly went to Honda. So he's been racing Hondas and uh, mostly other brands besides uh, General Motors and the fact that he's able to hook up with Mark Royce says a lot about both the guys, uh, that Royce is able to overlook some of the stuff that Andretti's doing with other manufacturers and that Andretti is willing to 
commit to uh, the biggest project of his life with Cadillac. I think it's a, a feather in the cap of both guys. Yeah, and you know, and these are these are big companies. Uh, Andretti's been uh, very successful, been in motorsport for a while. Obviously, the Andretti name is probably the most iconic uh, race name in the United States. General Motors uh, knows its way around a racetrack, but uh, but ultimately, in, individuals matter here. And uh, uh, talk about the, the the dynamics here for for both Michael. Uh, Andretti, um, and uh, for Mark Royce? Well, Mark uh, has been involved in motorsports for years. I remember watching the Indy 500 with him at, at Indianapolis in the Chevrolet's booth, and uh, he's he was paying very close attention. He's a race fan. This isn't just a business thing for him. This is a personal thing for Mark Royce. And, of course, uh, Michael Andretti has been, you know, he, he was a very successful racer. He never won the 500. He went to Formula One for a year, but never got the opportunities that the other drivers did. Um, and this is uh, something that to close the book for him, I think this would be the ultimate uh, plum in his basket to be able to pull off a Formula One team. And one of the big things that these guys are trying to do is bring an American driver into Formula One. And we have an American driver um, this year um, or this next year, but he's not well known. And the guy that Michael wants to bring in is his driver, Colton Herta, who has served his time in IndyCar. And I remember when this came up uh, almost a year ago, I talked to a couple of Formula One drivers, and I thought that he was more than capable of of uh, driving in Formula One, even though he didn't come up through the European series that most of the drivers did. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's, uh, it's going to be a fascinating story to follow. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's so interesting on uh, so many levels. And Colton, Colton heard a, a young guy, extremely talented uh, driver comes from a uh, comes from a driver owner family too, just like uh, his uh, like uh, Michael Andretti, um, and and you know seems to have you know seems to have that kind of savvy grit that you would need in Formula One to deal with the egos in that sport. But uh, Steve, I believe the last time an American driver uh, won a Formula One championship was 1978, and that was Mario Andretti, right? I believe it was. Uh, it's been a long time. We've had some Formula One drivers from the U.S. since then. We've had Eddie Cheever, who technically was an American. Uh, we've had Scott Speed. We've had uh, uh, a couple of other guys who've been involved, but they haven't had the top-of-the-line opportunity. Um, that's going to be the biggest problem for Cadillac is fielding a car that can win because um, they're either starting with a completely blank playbook or they're going to buy a team, and I'm not sure if there's any teams for sale right now. It's certainly that's what Michael tried to do in uh, 2021 and 2022, but there wasn't anybody that wanted to sell to him, uh, not him personally, but didn't want to sell, period, because um, as I mentioned in a story on Haggerty.com, this is a very lucrative business if you play your cards right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. This is this is big bucks. I mean, this is this is the top of the heap uh, in, in global auto sport. Uh, consumes an enormous amount of money. Uh, you got teams like Mercedes that are spending five hundred million dollars a year 
uh, to stay at the top. That that uh, that that seems to be an attraction, though, for Cadillac. Cadillac is a luxury brand. It's going all electric. Formula One is an electrified uh, race series, very green, very into the sustainable markets that that Cadillac wants to be be in. Uh, do, do you do you do you see that as one of the big reasons Cadillac is interested, they, the, the opportunity to, to build a power unit for Formula One. Well, you know, the General Motors has a lot of companies, and they could have gone with anybody. They could have gone with Chevrolet. They could have gone with Buick. Um, but they wanted to go with Cadillac because they think Cadillac, I think Mark Royce especially, wants to rebuild Cadillac into the standard of the world. That's the, the term that you and I grew up with. When uh, we thought of Cadillac, it was, it was one of the finest cars in the world. And while they still build great vehicles, they don't have that reputation anymore. And I think with the new Celestique and the, the Lyric, and they're, they're really got some good products on the, uh, you know, the whole point of this thing is to sell cars. And I think being in Formula One is going to help Cadillac a lot when it comes to being a prestige brand and being back where they used to be when we and I, when you and I were growing up. Yeah, I mean, these are these are big bets they're making. Uh, the Celestic, uh, as you mentioned, this is a $300,000-plus coach-built vehicle, something that Cadillac has not done before. Formula One is something that Cadillac has not done before. Clearly, uh, these folks are looking... Uh, you know, to, to make a big splash with uh, a brand going all electric by 2030. But, you know, another thing intrigued me, uh, Steve, I was talking to Rory Harvey, who's the uh, head of Cadillac Global uh, this week, and he said, you know, the, the U.S. market, though, is still our meat and potatoes. And the U.S. market has exploded with interest in Formula One. You now have three Grand Prix uh, in this country next year in Austin, uh, Miami, and Las Vegas. So it, this also makes sense for Cadillac and its home market, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, Formula One, I don't think this would have happened had Formula One not turned the corner and become a much more popular sport than it was just five years ago. A lot of that has to do with the show that's on Netflix, uh, Need for Speed, and it's uh, been a very popular show globally. Drive, drive to people, Survive? Drive to, sorry. You drive to Survive? Drive to Survive, yeah, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's well, you need the speed, too, but it's... Uh, this that's if they can Cadillac I'm sure would be a big part of that show coming up um, watching that team and that would be a global audience for Cadillac beyond what they get with Formula One uh, but like you said U.S. is still number one when it comes to Cadillac and um, the popularity I mean three Grand Prix where 10 years ago we had none and until just last year with Miami, we only had one in Austin. So three of them in the Grand Prix with no American driver makes absolutely no sense. So I think it's going to be a, a story that we're going to be watching for a long time. Yeah, and the Formula One, of course, is owned now by a, a U.S. Uh, company. So, yeah, all, all this synergy would seem to point to uh, Andretti Cadillac getting into the series, but it's not so easy, is it? I mean, they still got to go through an application process here. Yeah, I mean, just the entry fee is $200 million, period. 
Um, you just have to sit down and write that check just to make sure that you're going to be able to have the money to fund the team. And then you've got to convince all 10 teams, and by 10 teams, that means 20 cars. Each team has to fill two cars apiece. So to get into the market and divide the pie that these guys have been dividing 10 times, to divide it 11 times or even 12 times if they get to let another team in, um, it's going to be a very hard sell, and it's uh, it's going to take a lot of uh, of uh, a lot of I, I, I think politics. Uh, they're going to be very much involved. But the problem with Michael Andretti before was that they were he was told that he didn't see they didn't see that he was bringing enough value to uh formula one to be able to uh divide that pie 11 times but nobody can say the cadillac isn't bringing the prestige that is is involved here yeah yeah i mean but just those two names uh andretti and cadillac together in formula one that's uh, got to be pretty powerful marketing uh steve hold, hold on there we're going to uh take uh, a break here from our sponsors uh, and on the other side, we're going to continue talking to Stephen Cole Smith with Haggerty. You're on Car Radio, 910 AM. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had no energy. For months and months and months, I had no energy, and I'm a very active person. And my husband was noticing that I was tired all the time, and I was slow at everything that I was doing. And I kept listening to the commercials, and, you know, you don't know if something's going to help you or not, but I decided this was something I was going to do. And lo and behold, in about four days to taking them, I was repotting plants. I was doing other things. My husband said to me, you seem to have more energy. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm telling you, nothing has ever made such a difference. So anyway, I'm very happy. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code RADIO5. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. 
My38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My38, we are offering a great special, 100 spots for $600. This offer is for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Mike Z for more information at 248-357-4566, 248-357-4566, or email at M-I-K-E-Z at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, you need The Word Network. 910, the Super Station, the oldest radio station in town since 1922. All right, welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM Superstation. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, talking with Stephen Cole Smith. Uh, race writer with uh, Haggerty, and uh, 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 Steve uh, knows all things racing, and, and we've been talking about uh, the Andretti uh, Cadillac team coming into Formula One. Uh, and, and, and Steve, uh, one one more question for you on on that front: um, What do you what sort of timeline do you see here? Uh, Michael Andretti has been trying really hard to get into Formula One recently. Tried to buy the Alfa Romeo team. Uh, uh, submitted an application with Renault. Uh, neither of those went it went uh, anywhere. But but do you feel like this is pretty urgent? You feel like uh, they're gonna they're gonna try to get into the 2024 season, probably with a third party uh, drivetrain. It sure wouldn't. I, I think that would be their first option. And uh, Michael Andretti, as you said, tried to buy a team. But now that uh, if he still has the investors that he had then that were able to uh, guarantee the $200,000 uh, or $200 million entry fee, um, it's, uh, you add General Motors checkbook to that and maybe some teams would be willing to cash out and go home and let Michael Andretti's team take over, which would get them right into the uh, sport, and they wouldn't have to argue about adding an 11th team. They'd be one of the 10 teams that's already in there. So I think that's probably going to be the very first option that these guys are going to look at. If that doesn't work, I think they're entirely ready to uh, build a team, to build, and that means build a team. That means that they would have to put together uh, at least three or four hundred people, which is a minimum for the employment that uh, some of these Formula One teams have, uh, to be able to build a car and to find an engine, whether Cadillac wants to build an engine for Formula One, that could take a couple of years. So I think we're looking, regardless, if they don't buy a team, we're looking 
uh, no earlier than the 2025 season, probably 2026. As you and I were talking earlier this season, there's or earlier this week, there's uh, that season is going to be a big change for Formula One. Uh, it would be a good time to jump into the sport, I think, because uh, everybody would have sort of a blank slate going into it with the changes to uh, the powertrain and some of the other changes to the car. Yeah, yeah, they can uh, start a little more level playing field come 2026 uh, as they go to a 50-50 hybrid uh, uh, electric uh, gas unit. So, uh, uh, Steve, uh, on on another racing front, a little sadder note uh, this week. Uh, we lost uh, Ken Block, and, uh, you know, we, we talk about uh, uh, Formula One and, and what a what a tremendous marketing opportunity that is for a company like Cadillac. Ken Block uh, is, is probably as, as well-known a race driver in this country uh, as anyone, and he did it without going into Formula One, without ever winning an, inter- you know, an international rally championship. He was a rally driver. I mean, Ken Block was just an extraordinary, uh, uh, obviously an extraordinary driver, but an extraordinary marketer, wasn't he? He was the best, Henry. He's the one that discovered YouTube and the power of YouTube. And his hits, uh, his, his uh, videos have millions of hits that, uh, you know, it's, it's like a pop star number. It's not a race car driver number that he has managed to hit. And I'll tell you, it, it hits close to home. My uh, stepson uh, was involved in uh, motorsports, and he, he and I very rarely speak motorsports because he is more of a, a, a dirt track guy. And he was very moved by Ken Block's death, which happened at, on a snowmobile at age 55 uh, on Monday. And uh, it's it's a tragedy. His daughter was just now getting into the sport where she has uh, videos that have over a million hits. Um, and without his guidance, I think she's 16. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be able to continue. But I'll tell you, I was thinking about it. I didn't write about it, but who's the next Ken Block? There is nobody that has anywhere near the number of hits that he did. It's not like um, his place in the sport can be filled by one guy that's ready. It's going to be a, a scramble to see who the next Ken Block is going to be. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he, he was he was quite a fellow, and all, and also uh, a surprisingly modest guy. You, you you got to know him a little bit. Yeah, a very nice guy, a guy who will sign autographs all day long, even despite the fact that he's so popular. Um, You know, he never had an entourage that I know of. He never had security. He was always just Ken Block. And he was a little amazed, I think, himself at the popularity of the videos, although the amount of work that goes into him. I mean, he makes him look like he does this stunt driving in one take and just does it off the top of his head. But it's tremendously uh, um, choreographed. We have a guy at Haggerty.com who worked with Ken Block for years, and he said that the, the choreography that went into the Ken Block video is just one turn or just one act or just one little part of a video sometimes would take days to master. And uh, that was the glory of Ken Block's videos is they all look like they're done in one take because they're so seamless. And uh, he understood that, and he understood it right to the end. Yeah. Yeah, no, these uh, Jim Conner videos are, are something else. And, 
uh, I think the uh, uh, San Francisco video, uh, somehow he got the focus. I mean, San Francisco is a tough place to do business. Somehow, somehow yeah. he, he got San Francisco to close off its city streets and uh, so he could uh, – do some uh, hooning through the streets, and that that uh, video alone has 114 million views and counting. It's extraordinary, incredible, unbelievable. <laughs> he will be he will be missed. He was a good guy. Everybody liked him. Uh, Tony Stewart and his wife Leah Pruitt met on a trip that Ken Block and and invited him to uh, during COVID. So we wouldn't have that power couple if it wasn't for Ken Block. Uh, just a nice guy, and he's he's going to be missed by millions of people. Yeah. Well, Steve, I uh, appreciate your joining us as always. Uh, really look forward to talking more uh, Andretti Cadillac as this thing uh, develops. Uh, have a great weekend. You too, Henry. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, you can find all of Steve's work uh, at Haggerty.com, uh, the best auto uh, racing writer in the country, uh, in my opinion, uh, has uh, been around the industry for a long time, and uh, so I, I urge you to check out uh, everything uh, that Steve has, has written. So we want to keep keep talking about um, uh, Ken Block, uh, not just because uh, we all miss him, uh, but because uh, he, he's, he has a very tight Detroit connection here with uh, Ford Motor Company. Uh, the, the video uh, Steve and I were just talking about uh, in San Francisco uh, involved a uh, Ford, uh, Ford Fiesta uh, ST, I believe, uh, that Ken Block uh, put together. He, he did most of his famous YouTube Jim Conner videos with Ford products, Ford Fiestas, Ford Focus RS, uh, the, the uh, um, uh, Hunicorn Mustang, and a uh, and a and a special uh, uh, Ford F one fifty he put together. So he did a lot of work for Ford Motor Company, uh, and and uh, Matt, uh, Matt Anderson uh, joins us, joins us, who's the historian with Henry Ford, and uh, Matt has a, a Ken Block car down at the Henry Ford on display uh, that you can go see up close. Uh, Matt, how are you? Hey, very good. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, great to have you on the program. And uh, yeah, tell tell us uh, a little bit about Ford's relationship with uh, Ken Block. Yeah, Ken had uh, started his uh, rally racing career and got a sponsorship with Subaru initially. Was with them for the first couple of years and then uh, switched over to Ford Performance about 2010. And uh, that's really when he started to to take off. If you'll pardon the expression, with his video series and these Gymkhana videos. And you mentioned that Gymkhana Five in San Francisco. To me, that was the real kind of threshold moment. I mean, I think that got uh, you know over a million views in the first 24 hours, and last I checked, it's up to 115 million views. So uh, just an incredible moment and uh, great relationship between Ken Block and Ford, you know, obviously working to, to both of their benefits, promoting Ford products and then helping promote the work Ken was doing both in Rally and in Gymkhana. Uh, so the, the car that you guys have down at um, Henry Ford is, is that car, isn't it, from Gymkhana 5 from the San Francisco uh, um, video? Absolutely. Uh, when we were starting the serious design work on our racing exhibit a few years ago, we, we just knew Ken Block had to be a part of the exhibit. As you said, he's one of the most famous drivers, maybe the most famous driver in the U.S. in the early 21st century, and you know he knows how to put on 
a great show. So we reached out to, to him and his Hoonigan team. And, uh, yeah, as it turned out, they, they had that car available. Like any racing team, you know, they're looking to uh, move on to the next vehicle and keep moving forward. They were willing to uh, work out a deal with us. We got the car. And, uh, more importantly, got to have Ken's story included in the exhibit. And uh, in, in, in honor of uh, Ken's passing, Ken passed at uh, 55 uh, this week. Um, you guys got a black ribbon, I believe, on the driver, on the passenger side of the car. Uh, we do. Yeah, I, you know, when I heard the news uh, Sunday night, I sent an email to some of my colleagues immediately. And just, you know, it's kind of shocking. This obviously came out of nowhere, but we wanted to make sure that we acknowledged this passing in the exhibit. So we've got that uh, black ribbon on the driver's side door. And I, a lot of people, I should say, have come in to the museum this week specifically to see that car, obviously knowing uh, knowing of Ken's work, knowing he passed away. So it's been uh, sort of interesting and, and makes us feel good, I think, to at least offer some outlet for folks to uh, to kind of mourn his passing there. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's a great way to uh, remember his life is go down to the Henry Ford to, to the uh, uh, to the exhibit there and see the car. It's a, it's a, it's a great exhibit, and uh, that's just one excellent piece of it. Uh, Matt, hold on there. We're going to uh, take a break here, hear from our sponsors. And on the other side, we're going to continue talking with Matt Anderson, historian at Henry Ford, about the late, great Ken Block. You're on Car Radio 910 AM. Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference, and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh food. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside of Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 100 spots for $600 with a must-air-within-30-day policy. And we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Mike Z at 248-357-4566 or email at M-I-K-E-Z at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive 
complete patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesday, Chicago Fire. Wednesdays, Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. All right, welcome back into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation. Uh, we are remembering the late, great Ken Block, who passed uh, this week at the tender age of 55. Uh, a great, uh, great racer, very talented racer, uh, um, uh, more famously known for his YouTube videos, his Jim Connor uh, videos. And he went out doing what he, what he loved to do. He didn't go out on a... Uh, uh, on a racetrack, but he went out uh, while he was driving a snowmobile. Had a snowmobile accident, but uh, uh, but he, he, you know he was uh, having fun uh, in his uh, in his last hours uh, there. Uh, we're talking with Matt Anderson, who's the historian at uh, the Henry Ford Museum, who uh, knows a thing or two about uh, Ken Block. And and Matt, you you uh, actually went out to Utah. To Ken Block's crib and and had and and got to know him a little bit. Yeah, as a, a part of our uh, arrangement to get his story into the exhibit, uh, he, he very generously agreed to sit for uh, an hour long interview with us for what we call our Visionaries on Innovation series. And uh, we've done this with several racing drivers, in fact, several folks from outside racing, just innovators in, in American life in general. And um, he couldn't have been more kind and more thoughtful in his answers. We covered a lot of ground talking about uh, his growing up in Southern California, kind of surrounded by skateboarder culture and how he applied that to, to D.C. shoes and uh, how he started his rally career really pretty late in life. I mean, he was in his late 30s when he first started doing this and uh, how that was an advantage for him in some senses and a disadvantage. And, of course, we talked a lot about the car in the Jim Connor video, too, so especially Jim Connor 5. It was a great, uh, great conversation. Yeah, was, uh, I, I visited his uh, office once out there in Utah. It was a pretty, pretty unusual place, wasn't it? Yeah, it was sort of a, a dream, uh, dream car garage there in terms of uh, not only the vehicles he had, but but the layout. I remember there were a lot of those like forty foot shipping containers that he had modified into rooms and kind of stacked on top of each other. So it was a great place to go and uh, hang out for an afternoon. Yeah, he and and he was really. Uh, I mean, as you say, he came to racing late in life. He was a, a skateboarder, made a small fortune. Um, with a uh, shoe company, DC Shoe, I think it was called. He, he, as a skateboarder, he, he sort of intuitively knew uh, what uh, knew that culture, knew what kind of uh, 
tennis shoe they needed in order to to do that sport uh, productively. So he, he um, uh, th- this company that he founded took off. He sold apparel. He sold shoes. Uh, sold it for close to a hundred million dollars, and that you know uh, g- gave him the opportunity to get into racing. Um, but but uh, I mean, he's obviously a talented driver. Uh, but but his his mark is left in a much wider way. And one of the things, the other things he did with Ford, in addition, in addition to doing these uh, Jim Connor videos, was he he set up driver schools. And uh, the reason I was out in Utah and visited his office because he had a, he had a driver school at Utah Motorsports Park where he was teaching people how to hoon. <laughs> I mean, he he really enjoyed sharing his craft, didn't he? Oh, he, he absolutely loved it. And, of course, we talked about how he got involved in, in Jim Connor, and he said initially it was just a, a way to get more time behind the wheel. You know, he couldn't afford to go out to every rally everywhere around the world. So by taking on this Jim Connor, which he could do on a more local level, he got a little more seat time. And the first video was almost, you know, kind of done on a lark. Uh, he calls it Jim Connor practice, which is, is what it was. It was just a pretty modest affair without all the – flashy camel work that would come later, but he was just kind of blown away by the number of views he was getting. And he said it was kind of a problem at first because that first video had been hosted on his own website. So it was so much data he was paying for because of all these hits. And that was right at YouTube was at its infancy. But obviously they switched over to that platform, and he really, really mastered the use of YouTube and, uh, and the direction and production of those videos. So it says you spoke for with him for an hour out there in uh, Utah, uh, what 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 sense did you get of him? Did you did 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 you? Uh, clearly, he's not just a driver. He's not just uh, somebody who's got a need for speed. I mean, he he saw uh, things more comprehensively. What what do you think was the key to his uh, his marketing genius? Yeah, we we talked to him about uh, what it is that that he thought kind of set his work apart uh, from others, and you know he said. He didn't have the, the championships of a Colin McRae or, or a Michael Schumacher, but, you know, he said he approached his driving and his craft really from a different direction. He thought of himself, rightfully so, as a, a creative person. He was thinking about uh, you know, producing videos that he wanted to see. In fact, that goes back to his D.C. days. He said, you know, the reason he was a success there is because he came from the skateboarding culture. He knew what he wanted in apparel and in shoes, and every time he – did a new Jim Connor video, the first thing he'd ask himself is, what would I want to watch? And, and that kind of directed the, uh, the productions from there. The, uh, we, we talked about the San Francisco uh, video. That's uh, certainly the most viewed of the Jim Connor videos. But he also did one uh, here in Detroit. And he, he starts out at the uh, Michigan train station, um, which is now a Ford property. Uh, and uh, uh, this was filmed before uh, Ford brought that property, I believe. But uh, but he did it in a in a, in a Mustang, in a in a uh, what he called the Hoonicorn Mustang. Uh, tell us a little bit about that that whole shoot in in Detroit. Yeah, we we um, of course talked about that. He said he wanted to do a video in Detroit even before he did the San Francisco video. In fact, came to came to the city before that, and, and for whatever reason, things just couldn't quite work out at that time. The city maybe didn't have the resources. That's kind of what surprised him by how easily 
all things considered, the San Francisco video was staged and put together because they do have a lot of film work done out there. There's an office to handle those kinds of requests, so that all went very smoothly. And, uh, you know, fast forward a few years after that, and Detroit had kind of gotten into that place where they were a little more comfortable with those kind of film requests and uh, able to pull it off. But, yeah, the, the Motor City meant a lot to him, and he very much wanted to be there. It is kind of ironic that he was there at the Michigan Central Station, you know, just a short while before Ford announced their purchase. But uh, he's there. He's at you know, the Joe Lewis Fist. He's uh, along the waterfront, Campus Marshes. All those great landmarks show up in the video. And uh, I think it's one of, like, ten different cities that he visited in that uh, Jim Connor 10 video, which was kind of his epic finale to the initial series, a great way to go out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 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 yeah, you, when you look up this, Jim, it's, it's not Jim. Con- it's Jim Connor Ten, but it doesn't say Jim Connor Ten Detroit. Yeah, he's, he goes to a number of different venues. Uh, Detroit is one of them. I, uh, yeah, when when uh, uh, Ford opens up that uh, op- opens up that train station, yeah, I hope they have a big video on the wall that just shows that uh, video. Of uh, Ken Block uh, going through the streets, that'd, that'd be that'd be kind of a it's a kind of a cool way to advertise uh, the city. Uh, do you know what's happened to that uh, vehicle, the Hoonicorn Mustang? Any chance we might see that at the Henry Ford one of these days? Uh, the last I knew, it still belongs to uh, to the Ken Block team, the Hoonigan Racing Division. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Obviously, we'd we'd love to have it on display in the museum, uh, short term or long term. But I, I'm sure it'll be around. Yeah, yeah. His, his daughter, I know, is uh, driving it pretty hard these days. She's done some cool videos in that in that car. So the Ken Block legacy lives on. Uh, Matt, appreciate your join uh, join us uh, today, and and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Matt Anderson is the historian for the Henry Ford Museum, and I uh, really encourage you to go see the Driven to Win exhibit down there. Uh, the Ken Block uh, vehicles there, along with a number of other historic cars. It's a great way uh, to spend a Saturday. You're on Car Radio, 9, 10 a.m. We're going to take a break and be right back at the top of the hour. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had no energy for months and months and months. I had no energy, and I'm a very active person. And my husband was noticing that I was tired all the time, and I was slow at everything that I was doing. And I kept listening to the commercials. And, you know, you don't know if something's going to help you or not, but I decided this was something. 